When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Forza Napoli Cultural Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. It's been so busy this week that I wasn't able to cover the Primavera in the previous episode. It's also been a shorter week with our senior team playing on Saturday, so this bonus mini-pod will be dedicated to the Primavera. We've played two matches since our last update. We had our match day 20 fixture against Benevento. That match was on Saturday, May 1st, and we'll cover that in Part 1. Then in Part 2, we'll cover our match on Thursday, May the 6th, when we played our match day 16 makeup game against Frosinone. There were also some news this week about some proposed changes to the Primavera Uno, so we'll cover that at the end as well. So let's start with the game against Benevento, which was our match day 20 fixture. Heading into that match, we were in 4th place on 28 points. That was 3 points behind Antella, who had played 2 more games than we had. We were also 3 points clear of Spezia, who, like us, had played 16 games compared to Antella, who had played 18. Meanwhile, Benevento were in 6th place on 22 points, but like Antella, they had already played 18 games. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. Benevento lined up in a 3-5-2 with Vincenzo Quartarone in goal. Francesco De Francesco started in the middle of the three-man back line, with Agnello Chiaravolo to his left and Angelo Taglia to his right. Francesco Todisco started at the left wing back and Francesco Pierlingeri started at the right wing back. Antonio Strazzulo started in the center of the midfield with Davide Mazzella to his left and Vincenzo Alfieri to his right. Finally, Papa Sambatiam and Nicola Garofalo started together up top. For Napoli, Manuel Cascione made no changes to the squad that beat Antella 4-0. He lined up in a 4-4-2 with Huberi Dasiak in goal. Davide Costanzo and Jonathan Spedalieri started at center back. Flavio Romano started at left back and Vincenzo Potenza started at right back. Raffaele Virgilio and Brando Sami started together in the center of the midfield. Valerio Labriola started on the left wing and Antonio Cioffi started on the right wing. Finally, Giuseppe Ambrosino and Giuseppe D'Agostino started together up top. So those were the starting lineups. Next, let's get to the match. 
Napoli went straight into the attack only three minutes into the match. Romano crossed the ball from the left wing to Ambrosino. He had a free header in front of the goal, but the ball was just behind Ambrosino, who, while reaching back, got underneath the ball and put his shot over the bar. Ambrosino got another chance only a few minutes later. Chofi played the ball down the line to Ambrosino, who carried the ball into the area. He was 1v1 with Quartarone, but the angle was tight, so instead of taking the shot, he elected to cut the ball back, and Benevento cleared the danger. Ambrosino got yet another chance in the 21st minute. Virgilio picked up the ball at midfield and passed to Labriola inside the Benevento half. He played a gorgeous one-touch ball over the top to Ambrosino in the area. He let it bounce once before side-footing his volley, which beat the challenging Quartarone, but softly rolled past the far post. The momentum shifted in Benevento's favor after that. In the 24th minute, Potenza intercepted Strazzulo's through ball and nearly put the ball into the back of his own goal, but the ball went out for a corner kick. About five minutes later, Garofalo's free kick looked like it might test Idasiak, but it deflected off Virgilio and went out for a goal kick as well. Then, on the ensuing corner kick, Benevento had yet another shot, but Virgilio made the block. Benevento came closest to scoring in the 33rd minute. Perlingieri played the ball to Alfieri at the top of the box. He took two touches to enter the area and then fired a bending shot from the right side of the area, but struck the bar. The rebound fell for Garofalo at the back post, but he sent his shot over the bar as well. The momentum swung back in our favor after that. First in the 38th minute, Virgilio played a low hard ball to D'Agostino running through the middle of the field. Talia and Charavolo appeared to collide with each other, leaving D'Agostino clear to the goal, but the official called a foul on D'Agostino. Napoli finally opened up the scoring just before the break. D'Agostino deserves most of the credit for this goal. He made a great play to dribble past Perlingeri and Strazzulo before cutting the ball back to Trophy at the edge of the area. Trophy very calmly directed his left-footed shot into the bottom corner to put Napoli ahead. So after scoring a tripleta against Antella, Trophy carried that form into this one. That was the final action of the first half, which ended 1-0 in favor of Napoli. Unfortunately, the second half could not have started any worse. Only five minutes into the half, Costanzo played the ball back to Idasiak. With Garofalo pressing, Idasiak completely missed his kick, and the striker tapped the ball into the empty goal to level the score. Then only three minutes later, Benevento went ahead from a corner kick. The ball bounced around in the area before falling for TM. He hit the bar with an acrobatic overhead kick, but Perlingeri was first to the ball and headed into the back of the goal. So just like that, we were down 2-1. The Azzurini responded really well though, equalizing only 6 minutes later. Sammy played a cross to Trophy at the back post. His shot hit the bar and stayed out. Labriola got to the ball first and played a shot cross in front of the goal where Ambrosino slid to tap in the equalizer. Then only a minute later, we went back ahead. D'Agostino played Trophy into the area on the right side. His cross took a slight deflection and ended up in the back of the goal. So after Benevento scored twice in four minutes, we responded immediately with two goals in two minutes. Trophy was credited with that goal, which was his fifth goal in two matches and his sixth in our last four at that point. The game opened up a bit after that with Benevento seeking an equalizer. That gave us plenty of space to counterattack and we nearly scored on the counter in the 78th minute. We were 3v1 with Trophy and substitutes Antonio Vergara and Vincenzo Furina all pushing forward. Trophy squared to Vergara at the top of the box. He hit the ball first time and the curling shot was bending for the corner of the goal, but Quartarone made an excellent save to keep Benevento in the match. In the end, it didn't matter as the Azzurini held on quite comfortably for the win. Just like the Andata, Napoli won the Ritorno 3-2. 
This was an important win. Every win is important at this point, but this win effectively ended Benevento's chances of reaching the playoff. We also got some help from the other matches. Spezia had a tough match against second place Lecce, which they lost 3-0. That put them six points behind us, and we own the tiebreaker. Antella played their game a few days later, which they drew 1-1 against Crotone. As a result, we moved within one point of Antella, still with two games in hand. We played one of those matches midweek, We'll review that match in part two. Non m'ha vista nessun impostura, faccia sporche na guerra, doniente sicura in ta guerra, ci voglio coraggio arrasta. Next, let's review our match on Thursday against Frosinone. As I mentioned in part 1, heading into this match, we had played two fewer games than Antella. However, we actually still had three games to make up. This was our round 16 game. We also have to make up our games against Lecce from round 12 and Crotone from round 18. Frosinone came into this match in 6th place. So let's start with the lineups. Frosinone lined up in a 4-2-3-1 with Andrea Trovato in goal. Gabriele Brascaglia and Alessio Maestrelli started at center back. Lorenzo Cocha started at left back and Andrea Nigro started at right back. Pietro Santarpia and Matteo Bruno started in the double pivot. Simone Maugeri started on the left wing and Christian Mattarelli started on the right wing. Finally, Hide Vitalucci played as the trequartista just behind Pierluca Luciano. For Napoli, Emmanuel Cascione made only one change to the squad that he fielded against Benevento, once again lined up in a 4-4-2. Huberi Dasiak started in goal, Davide Costanzo and Jonathan Spedalieri started at centre-back, Flavio Romano started at left-back and Vincenzo Potenza started at right-back. Ricardo Cataldi started over Raffaele Virgilio along with Brando Sami in the centre of the midfield. Valerio Labriola started on the left wing and Antonio Cioffi started on the right wing. Finally, Giuseppe Ambrosino and Giuseppe D'Agostino started together up top. So those were the starting lineups, next let's get to the match. Once again, Napoli got off to a bright start. Only 5 minutes into the match, we got our first scoring opportunity. Labriola made a lovely turn into space before playing D'Agostino through on the left side. He hit the ball first time, the shot took a slight deflection and was curling toward the far post, but Trovato made an excellent save to keep it out. Napoli tried a lovely set piece on the ensuing corner kick. Cataldi played a low corner to Trophy at the top of the box. He dummied to allow the ball to roll onto Labriola, but he didn't get much on the shot which bounced wide of the mark. Labriola had a much better effort in the 22nd minute from the edge of the area, but this time Trovato got down to make an excellent save. The match slowed down after that. Other than a half chance for Vitalucci that he smashed into the outside of the goal from a tight angle, neither side created much for about 30 minutes. Neither side created much for about 20 minutes. Just before the break, we were awarded a free kick in a dangerous area. Once again, it was Labriola to take it. He put his shot up and over the wall, but because of how close the free kick was to the edge of the area, he had to take some power off the shot, and that allowed Trovato to get across to make another big save. 
We came closest to scoring on the ensuing corner kick. Labriola played a deep in-swinging corner from the left side that nearly ended up directly in the back of the goal. The ball hit the back post and stayed out, so these clubs went into the break tied 0-0. The second half was much more of the same, with Napoli creating all the chances, often involving Labriola, but failing to score. Five minutes into the half, Potenza played a long ball to D'Agostino on the right wing. He made a great play to take the ball down and turn all in one motion before teeing up Labriola at the edge of the area. Unfortunately, the midfielder got under the ball and skied it way over the bar. Frosinone created very little in this match and when they did, their shots were either blocked or missed the target. In the 51st minute, Vitalucci crossed for Bruno in the area. He got a touch on the header but Potenza cleared the danger. A minute later, Kocha tried a speculative effort from 25 meters out but his shot missed the mark. Our next chance came from a corner kick in the 55th minute. We had a free header in front of the goal, but Spedalieri and Costanzo both attacked the ball and it ended up going harmlessly over the goal. Frosinone tried again from distance in the 62nd minute. This time Malgetti directed his shot toward the near post, but Idasiak made the save. Napoli came right back the other way with Virgilio chipping to Trophy on the right side of the area. He tried an audacious lob over Trovato from a tight angle, but just missed the far post. Our best chance of the second half came from another corner kick in the 70th minute. Trophy played a deep in-swinging corner from the left side. Trovato attacked the ball but missed it, leaving Costanzo a free header at the back post with an empty goal staring at him, but remarkably, he missed the target. Again, there was a short period where very little happened for either side. Frosinone appealed for a penalty in the 80th minute for a handball by Romano in the area. However, his hand was in a natural position, so the penalty wasn't given. We got a few more chances in the final minutes of the match. In the 84th minute, substitute Gennaro Iaccarino played a lovely switch to Labriola on the left side of the area. He cut the ball back to another substitute, Antonio Vergara. His shot was blocked, but the ball fell for Labriola, who from a tight angle flashed his shot across the face of the goal, but it went wide of the far post. A minute later, Labriola carried the ball into the area from the left side again, cut into his right foot and hit the target, but the shot lacked power and was stopped easily by Trovato. We got one final chance in the 87th minute. We won a free kick on the left side of the midfield. Labriola played the ball into the area, which was headed out to the top of the box. Costanzo retrieved the ball and had a free shot, but he put it over the bar. So just like with Benevento, the Ritorno finished with the same outcome as the Andata, which was a nil-nil draw. Even though we dropped points, because this was a makeup game, we still gained ground on Hellas Verona. We're now tied on 32 points, but we hold the tiebreaker after drawing the first meeting and then winning the second meeting 4-0. That was the game that Trophy scored a tripletta, and Tala also lost their round 15 makeup game against first place Pescara on Saturday, so we still have two games in hand on Antella. If anything, Spezia are now the bigger threat to us. On Thursday, they beat Crotone in their matchday 13 makeup fixture. With that win, they gained 2 points on us and are now 4 points back of us in the table. Both of us have 4 games remaining to play. Our remaining schedules are as follows. We play our matchday 12 makeup game against Lecce on May 14th. That's a big game, Lecce are currently 2nd in the table. Spezia played their matchday 12 makeup game against Frosinone a couple of days before that. That's a tricky match as we just saw, but if Spezia win and we lose, our lead would be down to 1 point. Five days after the game against Lecce, we play our round 18 makeup game against Crotone. Spezia played their round 16 game against Pescara five days after their match against Frosinone. Pescara are top of the table, so I could see us restoring our four point lead there. We play our penultimate match of the season against last place Lernitana on May 22nd. 
Meanwhile, Spezia placed second from the bottom, Regina, on the same day, so we assume both of us will win in that round. Finally, we close the season with a match against Spezia, so depending on how the next three fixtures go, our quest to reach the promotion playoff could be decided on the final day of the season. I'll close this episode with some news on the Primavera. You might have heard about the recent Lega Council meeting where the new Serie A schedule was released, as well as the change in format of the Coppa Italia, which will now only include Serie A and Serie B clubs. One of the less reported stories from that meeting was that Serie A clubs have agreed to request that the FIGC increase the Primavera Uno from its current format of 16 teams to 18 teams. We'll see when a decision will be made on that. The Primavera Uno has about 8 rounds remaining. It's scheduled to end in mid-June, so I think there's still time for these changes to take effect at the end of the current season or the start of the next one. Now, I initially got my hopes up that this could mean that only two clubs will be relegated and one additional club from the Primavera Due will be promoted. That would obviously be great news for us. Instead of playing a semi-final and then a final to qualify, there would theoretically be a final in each Primavera Due group, meaning we'd only have to win a one-game playoff to get back up to Primavera Uno. Unfortunately, even though nothing is official, my understanding is that only one club from Primavera Uno will be relegated, which means the promotion playoff in Primavera Due would proceed as planned. I'll keep an eye on that story and keep you posted as it develops. So that will do for this bonus mini pod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5, or you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forza Napoli Pod. We'll be back with another episode soon, but until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli sempre. Network.